you got a Bible, using a Bible or a Bible app today, would you go with me to Matthew 6, 9? We're in this series, Kingdom Culture. We've talked about honor. Uh, we've talked about unity. Today, we're going to talk about this word, stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. stewardship. All right, here we go. Matthew 6, 9. This is Jesus. They've asked him, teach us how to pray. And he says, pray after this manner. Matthew 6, 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Say these words with me. Your kingdom come. Say it again. Your kingdom come. Say it one more time. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me say that again. Your will, whose will? The Father's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember last week I told you that God has called us to bring heaven to earth. Amen. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. This is not only that provision of food uh, of, of our needs being met, but this is the word of God. How many of you know the bread of heaven is the word of God, Jesus Christ? Give us today what we need to, to take us in the direction that you've called us to go, to be who you've called and purposed for us to be. Give us this day. How many of you know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ and that word is now. Now faith is. So I need to hear the word of God today. To be who he's called me to be. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. We get here a principle that as we forgive, we ourselves are forgiven. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Then it goes on to say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The thing I want you to catch here is your kingdom come. Your kingdom, your rule, your reign come on earth as it is in heaven. So God is wanting to work in and through a people for his purposes to be revealed and seen in the earth. Your kingdom come. Now watch this, Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's. Whose is it? So the earth, all of it belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything in it belongs to the Lord. The world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. Selah, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? Everybody say, this is Jesus. Jesus. The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king. How many of you know every kingdom has a king? There is no kingdom without the king. The kingdom is that which belongs to the Lord. And it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world. The world and they that dwell therein. That means everything belongs to God. 
you belong to God. The seat you're sitting on belongs to God. This building belongs to God. The trees belong to God. There's nothing that is not the Lord's. I mean, we could just go on with this, but everything belongs to God. So if everything belongs to God, then how we treat what belongs to God is very important. That's why I love today. When I pulled onto this parking lot and I saw that it had been resurfaced and, and the new stripes, I said, this is a church that cares about what belongs to the Lord. This is a people who, who cares about what belongs to God. And you'll know if a people cares about what God has given them when you see how they treat it. Oh, yeah. It's okay when I'm talking about stuff, too, but let me start talking about other people. Where Jesus says, treat others as you would have for them to treat you. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That means every person, whether they know Jesus or not, they belong to God whether they know it or not. And how we treat one another and how we treat other people is very important because they belong to the Lord. So stewardship has to do with how we manage what God has given us. Well, what has he given me? Everything that is a part of your life has come from the Lord. Nothing is yours. Oh, yes, it is. I work really hard for what I got. That's my house. That's my car. Well, I wonder who provided the timber that built that house. Who put the raw material in the earth that, that could make or create that vehicle? Is anybody out there? Everything that we have has come from the Lord and we enjoy it because he allows us to enjoy it. So whatever we do with what he's put in our hand is important. So even washing your car says, God, I glorify you because this came from you. Do you see it? So it's very important. Everything belongs to God and we need to understand that. Now watch this, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, who said it? God. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Now, it's very important because we need to understand who God's talking to. God always speaks to a thing to call what is in a thing out of a thing. Okay? So when he wants to make creatures that are in the sea, he speaks to the water and he calls what's in the water to bring it forth. If he wants plants, he speaks to the dirt and he causes the dirt and what's in the dirt to come alive so that it will begin to produce. But when God created you, he didn't speak to the water. Don't make me preach up here by myself today. He didn't speak to the water. When he wanted to create you, he didn't talk to the dirt. When he wanted to create you, he talked to himself because we come from God. Let us. This is the triune life. Father, word, and spirit. Father, son, and spirit. So let me present to you that as he says, let us make, he's looking at the second person of the Godhead. Jesus Christ, and he's saying, let us make man in our image, that we were all made, and you get this through what Paul teaches, we were all made in the image of Christ because he is the firstborn among many brethren. He is the firstborn among all creation. So 
Let us make man in our image. Let us make, let us make, let us make. And let them have dominion. So we're going to create men in our image, men and women in our image. He created them male and female. That's what the Bible said. And let's give them dominion. In other words, dominion is rule over what I've created. So God literally created men and women to rule over or to reign with him over what he's created, which means that he's given us the authority to make happen those things that he's caused to, or, or he's promised to, to bring forth. He's going to use us to see those things begin to manifest. In other words, let me say it this way. He puts raw material in the earth. But he gives us his spirit so that we can be inspired to see what the raw material can become. I've got this iPad up here. When did this iPad come about? Well, you might say, well, you know, in the in 2000s, they started creating things like this. But let me ask you this. When was it here? Yeah, I mean, did it fall out of the sky? Did the iPad just fall out of the sky? No, it was an idea. It was an inspiration that someone saw what raw material that God had put in the earth could create and what it could be. So God has given us this ability to be like him, to co-create with him, and to see what he has put in the earth, that which belongs to him, and begin to cause it to become what he's purposed for it to be. Now that's powerful. Because God, by his spirit, gives us all creative ideas, concepts, strategies, witty inventions, to know that what we're working on, we can bring the best out of it. God has not called you to be less than. He's called you to be powerful by the working of his spirit in your life to see what others cannot see because if you can see it, it can happen. What do we see right now? What is it that God is calling for us to create? Will we steward what God has put in our hand and manage it to a place of increase? Now let's talk, This is we could talk, in every area of our life. But let's talk about this church. What would happen if we all worked together as a team and a family and began to use, begin to use our unique skill sets, our gifts, talents, and abilities to put our hand to the work and see what we can create together and accomplish together if we will just steward what God has put in our hand. All right, so let's go on with this thought. So God put us in the earth to manage, to be caretakers over what belongs to him. Everybody say it belongs to him. See, we have a tendency, and I would say it's human nature, we have a tendency to not care for things that do not belong to us. How many of you know that's true? Why is that? It's like, I call it a renter's mentality. If you've ever rented a home, renters are notorious for misusing other people's property. The church cannot have a renter's mentality and just say, well, I'm just going to 
do whatever I want to do and I'll treat this however I want to treat it and I'll use it however I want. No, no, we're not renters. We have to take ownership and we have to become good stewards over what God has created. Good stewards over our families. Good stewards over our finances. Good stewards over the work of our hand. Whatever we do in life because everything is important to God. It's not like, well, just what I do at church is important. No, it's everything you do is important. Everything you do, what you do 24-7, what you do 9 to 5, it's important to God because everything that we do, this is what the Bible teaches, everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. So you were created to take what God has put in your hand and make it increase and, and cause it to become what God says it can be. So now do you see why even your finances are important? Because God has entrusted you with those finances to use them in a way that will bring him glory and not squander it on frivolous things. I know people that if they get money, they're going to spend it on stuff. And they're going to squander it. They're going to waste it. It doesn't matter. I, I know some people that, that whatever they get, they're going to waste it away because they don't know how to manage their money. Well, why is this important to God? Because God gave you resources. Oh, my goodness. God gave you that job so that not only your needs could be provided, but so that through tithe and, and offering, you would be put in a position to be a good steward over your finances and be able to be a lender and not a borrower. That you might be able to empower ministry and make things happen and be a blessing to others because that's God, who God's called you to be. That's who God's called you to be. So we must manage all that God has given us, all that he's put in our hand, we must manage it in a way that will bring him glory. Amen. Psalm 8, 4 through 9, this just confirms what I'm saying here. Uh, what is man that you're mindful of him? Listen to the psalmist. I mean, who are we that you care for us, God? You ever feel like that? And, and the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. If you look at the Hebrew, this word is Elohim. That's, the, that's God. So you've made man a little lower than yourself. This is speaking specifically about Jesus and then us who believe now have been brought into Christ Jesus. It says you made him a little lower than yourself. And you've given him, who? Jesus and the church and mankind dominion over the works of your hands. We've been get, get, given dominion over what? Come on, church. There's a great crowd in here today, so talk to me. What have we been given rule over? The works of our own hands? The works of his hands, which is all that he has created. We have been given rule over the works of his hands. And you put all things under his feet, the sheep and the oxen. That means the way we treat animals is important to God. The sheep and the oxen are also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven. You know, my wife this week, there's a little dog that got loose from, from 
wherever it lived and it was out just roaming the streets and, and it came up to our house and it was just a little ch chihuahua and it was <laughs> it's hot outside <laughs> you know what that means the dog's hot so my wife went and she got a little little uh, bowl of water and brought it out for the dog to drink now that might not sound big to you but it's not her dog we don't know whose dog it is, but yet it's God's creature. It's thirsty, and so she gave it a drink. See, God has called us to see the need and fill it, to find the hurt and heal it. Everybody hear what I'm saying? We have been called to see the need and fill it to find the hurt and heal it. I'm going to say it a third time to make it even more powerful. We have been called to see the need and fill it and to find the hurt and heal it. If you see something that needs to be accomplished, then accomplish it because God has given you the ability to do so. As a matter of fact, I have seen in my experience that the people who see it are the ones who are called to it boy I just tell you I just see paper all over the place we'll pick it up what are you waiting for you waiting for some kind of engraved invitation you waiting for the bishop to say those who shall pick up paper in this church shall be blessed or do you just see the need I think I just go, oh, there it is. <laughs> Note to self, do not hit what belongs to God. Anyway, if you see that it needs to be accomplished, well, I wish greater things would happen with our children's ministry. Get involved. Boy, I wish things would happen in this area or that area. Get involved. I wish we had outreach. Reach out. I heard a man complaining about his church, that he left his church, and he was telling me the story this week. We, I just met him, and he was like, yeah, I used to go so-and-so place, but I came here, and, and I was like, well, what, what happened? Why did you leave? He said, well, there was a homeless man who was sitting in the in front of the gas station and right there by the church, and the church never did anything to help the homeless man. I said, say what? Hold on. You're expecting them to do what you have seen needs to be done. No, you go to the homeless man. You give him finances. You feed him. If you see the need and your heart is compelled to do so, don't put it on somebody else. Why? Because we are the church. They're not the church. We're the church. And when we have that mentality that it's their responsibility or it's the bishop's responsibility or it's Pastor Mike's responsibility or it's Pastor Kathy's responsibility or whatever and we don't see that God has called each and every one of us to do this together, then we'll see needs and we'll overlook them like the, like the people who are walking down the side of the road when the man was dying and finally it took a good Samaritan to stop and say, this man needs help. Are you with me? That's being a good steward over what God has created. I'm going to close with this passage of Scripture. Go with me to Matthew 25, 14. Matthew 25, 14. Je Jesus gives us a parable. 
Parables are stories that contain meaning. And they contain a powerful meaning. And so he says, For it will be like a man going on a journey. This is the kingdom. For it will be like a man going on a journey. This is kingdom culture. This is what the kingdom is like. It's like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. What did he entrust them with? His property. To one he gave five talents. Now this is a, a weight of money. So they're getting, all of them are getting a certain amount of money. He gave to one five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Now, just sidestep, the Apostle Paul tells the church there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one spirit. And then he begins to say, and all of us have been given the grace in the measure that God has given us to enable us and empower us to do what he has uniquely created each and every one of us to do. So right here we see Paul talking about really what Jesus is saying is that they're all getting what what. The, the master is giving them each according to their ability. In other words, the master sees something in them. And, oh, and he knows what they're capable of. He knows exactly what they're able to do and what their ability is. He doesn't give them more than what they're able to do. He gives them what is going to work within their ability. Is anybody here? Why? Because he knows what they can handle. He knows what he's created them to do. He knows what he's assigned them to do. I will go ahead and promise you God will never put something on you that he's not created or designed you to do. It's like me going to my microwave and saying, listen, I need you to make things cold. How many of you have a kitchen? Wow, nobody. Oh, thank you. One lady has a kitchen. How many of you have a kitchen? How many of you have appliances in, the, in that kitchen? Thank you. Y'all are with me now. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Did you know that all of those appliances work by power? They're all plugged into power. And when they're plugged into the current of power, they begin to function in accordance with their design. So if they're a microwave, they micro things. If it's an oven, you got to have that gas that's going to make that thing fuel it and make it do what it's going to do. It will begin to bake things and cook things on your stovetop. If you got a, if you got a washing machine or a dryer, the power makes the washing machine wash and it makes the dryer dry. But if I was to go up to something and expect it to do something that it wasn't designed to do, then I'm going to get frustrated with it. So if I go up to my dryer and I put clothes in it and I say, now wash these clothes. And I put the button. Guess what it's going to do? What is it going to do? It's going to dry them. Do you know why? That's what it does. Why is it that we're always trying to do what we weren't created to do?
Why is it that we're always trying to take it upon ourselves to be who God has not created us to be? See, if we'll understand who we are and understand we're all uniquely designed to make the kitchen work, but we all have a function when the power hits us and the power comes upon us, we'll begin to move in the way God's called us to move and be who God's created us to be and will operate according to that purpose that God has given each and every one of us. So that's what God's called us to do, to use everything he's given us, gifts, talents, abilities, finances, and resources. He gave them in the parable each according to their ability because he knew what they could do and he put it in their hand to increase it. In other words, he gave them his property, but they were to manage it to a place of increase. Can I tell you that everything God has put in your life, he's given to you for the purpose of you managing it, overseeing it, and allowing his spirit to work in and through you to see what you've not seen, to understand what you've not understood, so that you can take that material he's put in your hand and make it work for the kingdom. So his kingdom come and his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he gave them these talents according to their abilities. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once. Man, he's ready. Went at once and traded with them. He started working it. How many of you know you got to work what God's given you? You, you can't just sit on it. you got to work it. Somebody say work it. Come on, tell somebody work it, baby, work it. And he went and he, at once, he went and he made five more talents. So he doubled it. So also, he, he who had two talents went and made two more, the, doubled it. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid whose money? Not his money. He hid his master's money. It all comes from God, and God wants you to take it and work it. Instead, this man, he covers it up and buries it because of his fear. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants, who came, he came to settle accounts with them. How many of you know he is the rewarder? And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered in my hand five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, watch this, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered two talents. Here I made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done. You're a good and a faithful servant. Now enter into my rest because you've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you, uh, I'm going to set you over much. Enter to the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had not sown seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what it here. You have now. Here, I got it for you. Have what's yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. What does this speak to? His ownership. It's all his. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give to the one who has ten talents. Uh-oh. Wow. What is going on here? 
Take the one from the one who didn't produce and give it to the greatest producer. Why is this? Because this one has, has been faithful. This one has produced. Can I tell you that the assignments that come from God stay. They never go. God, What God is set to be done and accomplished will be done. It will be accomplished. What God showed Bishop Harry Meshagan years ago about this church and what will be done will be done. And it shall be accomplished. What God spoke to Bishop Allen Meshagan when he started this church right here uh, all 39 years ago in 1984 when God spoke to him and gave him a dream and gave him a vision, a dream to reach the nations. It's called a World Outreach Center. When he planted this church, those things will come to pass those assignments don't go away they just wait for a people I said they wait for a people to respond who won't stick it in the dirt who won't cover it up but will begin to work the word and work what God has put in their hand to see it accomplished and I believe we're in an hour and we're in a day today where there's a people that are seated in this place you wouldn't be here at 9 o'clock almost filling this place up today if you didn't care if you didn't believe but I believe God is bringing together a group of people who will see the need and feel it find the hurting and heal it. Say, I've got it in my hand, God. I'm ready to double it. I'm ready to see it grow. I'm ready to see it become what you purposed and called for it to be. I'm going to do it. By your spirit, by your power, it will come to pass because God always puts it in the hands of the producers. Take from the one who, who is lazy and put it in the hand of the one. See, Assignments don't go away. They're just reassigned. That's powerful if you heard what I said. Assignments don't go away. They're just reassigned. Somebody said, well, what happened? That person had such a vision, such a powerful thing, and then they got caught up in, in this, that, and the other thing, and, and they got messed up, and, and, and it didn't happen. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Even though it didn't happen in their time or through them, it was reassigned. Remember what I told you weeks ago when I spoke at your, your main service. Remember what I told you? God is a God who works generationally. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, he waited for a generation. They said, we will do. We will go. We will possess. It was the Joshua generation. Joshua, the same name of Yeshua as Jesus. How many of you are part of the Jesus generation? How many of you are ready to cross over? How many of you are ready to take possession? How many of you are ready to take what God has put in your hand and see it multiplied by his power at work in you as you work the word and as you move? Listen, there are businesses that are in this place. There, there, there are, are dreams, there are aspirations, there, there are things that need to be done and, and accomplished. The, the riches places on the planet earth are graveyards do you know why because they contain businesses that were never born they contain books that were never written songs that were never written because people took it to their grave don't take to your grave what God has put in you to bring into the earth bring it into the earth thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to close with this because everybody needs to hear my heart. God has given us. Everybody say us. There's a, there's a we in this. 
It's not God has given Bishop Allen. It's not God has, has given him and his wife. It's not God has given him and the staff. It's, it's, not, it's not God has given him the staff and the elders. No, God has given us. Amen. We're all a part of this. God has put a work in our hand. And it's not a work that we can't do. Because he knows what we can do. And he's given us that work, and we're all carrying a piece. When the pandemic hit a few years back, my wife got very into puzzles. What do you call those? Just puzzles? There's a name for them. They're like thousand-piece puzzles. What do you call those? Jigsaw, Jigsaw puzzles, whatever. She got way into puzzles. She bought like three puzzles because, you know, we, we had nowhere to go. We're just there. So our family's sitting around the table looking for pieces. Y'all know this? Oh, there it is. Every piece, watch this. Every piece is it can be identified by the picture that's on the piece. Each piece carries a part of the picture. But the full Picture is not realized until every piece finds its place. And when every piece that has a picture finds its place within the whole puzzle, then the grand picture, whatever it is that you're wanting to see, if it's a zoo with giraffes and monkeys and lions, you, you might carry the piece of, of something that, that looks like fur. But when it's plugged into the hole, you see that fur really is a lion. Y'all don't want to hear me. You got a piece. That's why your piece can't sit at home. That's why your piece can't be somewhere else that God hasn't called it to be. That's why your piece has to be exactly where God says. Because if I took a piece from this jigsaw puzzle and I try to put it in this one, it won't fit anywhere and it won't work. It will always feel other. But God took you out of the world and he breathed on you for your unique design and picture and then he put you in his body where you're going to fit right here and you're going to work right here. So church, if you didn't hear anything today, hear this. Be inspired today to take what God has put in your hand and make it work for him and work for his kingdom. And if we'll all do that together, what is going to be seen in Marietta, what's going to be seen in Hiram, what's going to be seen in Georgia, what's going to be, be seen in the region and the nation and the world, because this people said, I'll, I'll take what's in my hand and I'll see it double. Amen. What we do together is going to be powerful. And there's a puzzle coming together right now. East-West Church, full-turn church. God is uniquely designed to bring us together right now to begin to work together in these different cities to see these works. That's why we're doing men's meetings together coming up. We're doing women's meetings together. We're going to do more together. You're going to see me more. The, the church over there is going to see Bishop more. And, and why? Because God has called us for this. To make something even greater.